This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Your college football game day has come early. Goes down the field for From underdog triumphs to powerhouse showdowns, we've got your winning playbook covered. It's BetQLU with Chris Mack, RJ Choppy, and John Martin. Presented by BetMGM. And welcome in. We got football. We got hoops. We got a little bit of everything. We got politics. We got people grabbing for the bag, trying to get out of town. So much going on. On this week's edition of BetQLU, alongside RJ Choppy and John Martin, I'm Chris Mack. Welcome in. If you're watching this on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page, we appreciate it. If you're listening inside your Odyssey app, whether it's live or as a podcast, we appreciate that as well. Make sure you subscribe however you get your podcasts. And make sure you've got that Odyssey app downloaded so you can listen to the BetQL network live seven days a week, 24 hours a day, wherever you are in the world. Happy holidays to you. Our two-hour bowl extravaganza is still up, of course. You can download that podcast episode, watch it here on YouTube as well, uh, and see all of our plays and leans for the entire bowl slate. You can go back and check that out. Uh, But mm, the the bowl season as a whole, we can get into it in a second. I don't know. Hasn't – it's felt more disappointing than usual this year. Again, we'll get into that in a second. Choppy, I'll start with you. How have the holidays been, and how have you paid for them, whether it be with bets or otherwise? I did have some bets that I was able to pay off uh, the other night, Vodtech, West Virginia, Oak State. Uh, But uh, other than that, they've been good, man. Holidays are always good. I love the holidays. I'm a a sap. I should have started love, actually. I'm just a (laughs) sappy holiday guy. Not British, but uh, I I should definitely have been in that movie. You could have done the Billy Bob role, definitely. Yeah. Oh, the, as the bad president, the the, yeah. the sexually harassing president. Yeah, it's perfect for me, man. I yeah. could have done that easy. Yeah. <laughs> John, <laughs> how the holidays treated you? There haven't been any world travels this week. No Vegas. No Caribbean. That's right. Um, just just sitting <laughs> at home, nailing big fat uh, NFL bets. That's right. On this Pittsburgh Steelers, oh. my trusty Steelers, brother. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, uh, they were, Christmas was good. I woke up to, uh, uh, Raiders plus 11 and a half and I was like, this is out of control. There's no way that these two teams are 11 and a half points apart. So I hit the Raiders and that was just no sweat. 
Uh, so the holidays were very, very good for me, and they continue because I get to be on here with you guys. What a blessing. Oh, how sweet of you. Let's talk about this Kansas-UNLV uh, game that we were, we were talking about in our group chat the other day. Did something shady go down in this game? The line move, massive line movement the morning of the game. Now there were questions about quarterback and who'd be available and who was going to play and all this. Um, but then just what it ended up being, 18 penalties or something crazy on the Jayhawks, um, yeah. seemingly keeping UNLV in this thing at every turn. Look, I like UNLV. I talked about them earlier in the year. Uh, because I really like my guy, Brendan Marion, who's the OC there. Um, but this had, I don't know, this one just felt funny, John. Yeah, it was definitely weird. Um, there have been a few, there have been a few games like that. Um, I mean, the, um, the UTSA game, we talked about it last week, but I mean, it, mm-hmm. it plummeted without any, without any reporting, right? Um, now Frank Harris ultimately did not play and it was all, related to that it was like 12 and a half 13 day of and then it plummeted to seven by the time the game kicked off of course utsa won and covered uh the same way that kansas won and covered most numbers not all numbers but most numbers um yeah i mean look it is exactly the kind of game that if there were ever anything funny going on a bowl game that doesn't matter you know that's the one it would probably be but i think it was just a reaction to somebody you know who's respected um or or maybe not even respected somebody heard that jason bean had the flu and was not going to play which would have put kansas on their right. third string ba- uh, quarterback mm-hmm. and they put probably a lot of money on on uh on unlv plus 13 plus 13 and a half and that's probably not a normal thing that's happening you know if it's a five thousand or a ten thousand dollar bet on a bowl game like that and so then you, i think you know you just see that one-way steam because somebody's like oh something must be going on this book moved, that book moved, and then it just becomes sort of a domino effect. So I don't know if there was anything funny going on. I think somebody just got bad information about the quarterback, you know, not playing, and he wound up playing. Yeah, all yeah, those calls, though, Choppy, like that makes you question things, right? And maybe I'm, maybe I'm being too conspiratorial. No, I mean, I don't know that you are. I mean, this is not the first time this has happened this year. We saw this happen earlier in the year uh, with a UNLV New Mexico game where – they open at a 10-point favorite, and they close at 16-and-a-half. Um, and that, that look, that's that's not normal, right? You don't usually have six-point swings. Now, you do when there's a quarterback out, but my gosh, they lose Patrick Mahomes, for crying out loud. Um, and in this one, to go from 13-and-a-half at 9 a.m., really 6 a.m. at the time of the game, right? Uh, mm-hmm. 7 a.m. At, at the time of the game in Arizona in that local time, uh, up till three o'clock, and it's eight and a half. That's a big. That's a big movement in the same day when you don't really know the health status of Beam. Like you thought he may have had the flu. It doesn't mean he's going to play. It doesn't mean he's not going to play. That's that's almost one of those things where it's more likely they take it off the board than they move the line that many points, right? Like you know, if you don't have if they don't have the awareness and the in the uh, the intel on an injury or a sickness, I mean, how many times have we seen them just take the game off the board momentarily, as opposed to right moving mm-hmm. the line five points? And then when you factor in one team had eighteen penalties uh, called against them, mm-hmm. the, you know, the the team that was in the lead, right? They had eighteen penalties called against them. 
Uh, and then, you know, the other team had like, what, half? Nine penalties yeah. was what UNLV was called for. I mean, that's that that's a lot. That's, that's a big discrepancy. But they did cover all <laughs> I, those numbers, though. And just they covered. Did. I mean, yeah. They yeah. That's, yeah, they still did. You know, I mean, I think the, that's – Maybe not the 13 and a half. And, yeah, I mean, and Jason was, the, Bean the had an enormous game. Yeah. It, six yeah. touchdowns. I mean, um, how many chunk plays were there in that game? I mean, huge plays. Like – of at least yep. 40 or, or more yards or at least three or four that I can think of. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's just, this is why people end up having their conspiracy theories because of wild line movements like that. And then when you throw the icing on top of the cake of the penalties, I understand the conspiracy theories. I'm not saying they're necessarily right. I understand people yep. that want to theorize. Um, let's well, talk I, bigger I money. Make, even. I want to make one point real Go quick, Chris, if I can. Just in bowl yeah. season, if you just sort of notice, steam is one way. If 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 one side starts to get hit, it just avalanches from there. Like, it doesn't stop. Let's take, for example, Missouri, Ohio State. Okay? This number mm-hmm. was two and a half last week. It is now all the way out to minus three and a half for Ohio State. I mean, it's just been, you know, whether it's UTSA or, or should I say Marshall steam, whether it's UNLV steam, whether it's Ohio State steam, Kentucky is now down to four. This steam that we're seeing in bowl season is just all one way. Like there's never a point where it gets hit back. Like an NFL side will get hit yeah. back, right? And we're right. not seeing that in bowl season. I don't, I don't know if that's because people just assume someone has information somewhere about an opt-out, and I, I think that's probably a lot of it. But I, I guess my, my, my point is steam doesn't mean what it means in these games than a regular week four yeah. of college football season yeah. or, you know, the NFL. Point. I, yeah. I, I'll be honest. I think you can make – if you have the time to really pay attention to the opt-outs and go back and look at the contributions those opt-outs made during the season, I think you can really – like you know, WNBA right has is, is always been like uh you you could you could you could make bank on WNBA you can yeah. outsmart the books a lot. I think you can do the same thing when it comes to college bowl season. If you pay attention enough, it takes a lot of work. If you pay pay attention enough, I think college bowl season is like an untapped market. Yeah, it's yes. inefficient because we have so much more yeah. surface area to defend. Right? I mean, yeah. it's mm-hmm. like there's there's. It's like the Mikael Bridges thing yesterday when the reports came out that, you know, he was only going to play a quarter for the Nets. And it's like they can only – the books can only react so fast, you know, if you beat them to that and you just hammer the, you know, full game unders in, a, in an SGP, you're going to make a lot – and then the Draymond Green thing, you know. So you can you can definitely attack if you're on top of your game. And I think this is sort of the same thing. That's a good point. Um, let's talk bigger bags of money than even the stuff going on. Uh, in the Kansas UNLV game. Let's talk Florida State. Um, They've started the process of politicking their way or paying their way out of the ACC. Um, There's a million questions, but I'll start here. Where where does Florida State land? Because that's the most intriguing question to me. Once they free themselves from the ACC... There will be, I don't know if it'll be a bidding war of sorts or what it'll look like, but I would imagine the Big Ten and the SEC 
are already fighting behind the scenes about what they're willing to do to land Florida State. This is exactly what Florida State wanted the whole time, by the way, was they want to be the prettiest girl to dance. Um, And getting uh, spurned by the CFP just made them feel even more like they've got to run out and show everybody again just how pretty they are. Um, But Choppy, this is... We've heard the Big Ten wants television markets. And if they can snap up all of Florida, essentially, Miami, Tampa, St. Uh, Tampa, St. Pete, Jacksonville, the entire state, basically, uh, by snapping up Florida State, they'd love to do that. The SEC would like to have Florida State, but Florida, they're not a fan of that. I mean, there's the, the backroom politicking is going to be endless over the next year or two until this actually goes down. Uh, so where do you think they end up landing? Uh, well, this is an interesting one because the SEC for, for years had a um, sort of a, a gentleman's agreement in place where they wouldn't take a school in a state that they're already in. So if you weren't a member of the institutions that were there in 1932 when they all met, so those schools were Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. So if you weren't one of them, you know, you're you're not going to get in this conference if you're in a state that they're already in. Then they add A&M, and then they go back on that and allow Texas in. But A&M is not like mm-hmm. a charter member, right? I don't believe right. the SEC is going to tell a charter member of their conference, arguably the best job in the conference, Second for now, until Texas comes in. Florida, Georgia, I'm sorry, Florida and Texas, arguably the two best jobs in the country. You never have to leave. And you're the premier team in the state. So I I find it very hard to believe the SEC is going to tell Florida, you have to take another team from your from your state and allow them to the conference. Either they go to the Big Ten, either their backup plan is the Big 12. Here's my question, though, John, if – if if the is the SEC willing to cut off their nose to spite their face? I guess in this case, because look, we're 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 building towards a point where the the two behemoths are going to take over and leave everybody else in their wake, and you mm-hmm. want to be you want to be the one that snaps up again, the prettiest girl at the dance in this case in Florida State. And if Florida has to, you know, if you if you got to do something behind the scenes to soothe the University of Florida and make them feel better about it, you do what you have to do in order to. You're not expanding the footprint necessarily, but you're keeping the other big the big boy on the block from expanding their footprint. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you just sort of have to understand sort of who you're dealing with in RJ. You know, he is a, a an SEC fundamentalist, <laughs> you know. Yes. He graduate, you know, he's he knows the history. And he's right. And and if this were, you know, 2013, 2003, uh, I would say no way just no way politically it's not going to happen but man this thing is changing so fast and you know you start to get into a question of money too right like ted dibiase said everybody got a price everybody's got a mm-hmm. price right so oh, what, baby. what's florida Woo! you know what's florida's <laughs> price um right to, to to be able to stomach florida state because obviously that's going to increase you know their television package. It just is. I mean, and 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 I think like you have to ask yourself, will will we just let basically Florida State go to the Big Ten? Will we just sit idly by while they snap up 
a, a share of that Florida market. You know, right. I think the answer to that is probably no. That would be my guess. Yeah, I there's a question in here too about like, there's bigger money to be had in the Big Ten. Like if you're Florida State, and I think a lot of Florida State uh, fans and alumni, like there's there's something romantic about being in the SEC, right? The Big yeah. Ten, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the that's the that's the that's the what's best for business move, right? If we're going to continue the the wrestling analogies, right? That's that's Vince McMahon sauntering down the ramp, arms swinging like Conor McGregor, and saying, "No, we're going to the Big Ten. Um, I, if I'm a Florida state fan, this, and this is about, is this about money or is this about respect? Like, don't tell me it's about respect. It's about money. Like, it, it's, mm-hmm. that's what all of this is about. And so the big 10 would be the play. And I think would make more sense. Maybe talk just a couple more minutes about this on the other side of the break. And then we got to dive into college hoops as well. And uh, as we start to push away from the non-con portion of the schedule and close it out and dive fully into conference play, what do we think about some of these conferences? Who ranks where? We start to talk about uh, national championship odds as well. Alongside RJ Choppy and John Martin, I'm Chris Mack. You're locked into BetQLU. You've been listening to BetQLU, presented When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get back to BetQLU, presented by BetMGM. Inside your Odyssey app, wherever you may be this holiday season, on the Odyssey Sports YouTube channel as well. It's BetQLU alongside RJ Choppy and John Martin. I'm Chris Mack, and we'll get into hoops in just a couple of minutes, some early takeaways from college hoop season as we start to close out the non-conference schedule and turn our attention to the final 10, 11-week sprint toward March Madness. Uh, what we think of the balance of power between some of these conferences in just a couple of minutes. We'll even draft some national championship contenders as well, give you our best bets before we wrap up today. But we are in the middle of a hearty, for lack of a better way to put it, thick, T-H-I-C-C conversation about Florida State trying to get out of the ACC grant of rights and what it means for Florida State's future. But then the second path to that conversation, gentlemen, is what it does to the rest of the landscape in college football, especially, which is what's driving all this because of the big money TV contracts, and how Florida State is essentially doing the legwork for anybody else that may want out of the ACC and that may be targets for the SEC or the Big Ten. And during the break, we discussed a couple of schools in particular, but Choppy, I mean, it's – Look, John made a good point again during the break. Clemson has always felt like an SEC program, right? It just feels like an SEC school. And it wouldn't be difficult for the SEC to tell South Carolina, hey, kick rocks if you don't like Clemson. (coughs) Excuse me, your in-state rival. 
joining the conference might be a little different getting Florida State and Florida to coexist in the SEC, but it opens the door to another giant target in baby blue in Chapel Hill. Yeah, which I think I think Carolina is the number one target for the conference. Um, they are a massive national brand. Uh, there, there, there's no question about that. They are as national of a brand as it gets in college athletics. Maybe not in the football sense, and I know football drives a lot of this, but that brand is spectacular, and you bring in TV markets that you're not even in. That doesn't even include the state of North Carolina that you would bring in. But you would bring in Charlotte. You would bring in Raleigh. You'd bring in all that, too. And mm-hmm. you're not in that state. You're currently not in that state at all. So you could also bring in Duke if you wanted to. It's another brand, although they probably don't go down that road. Duke feels more Big Ten. Um, but I think the Carolina aspect of this whole thing, throw Virginia Tech in there, too. Vatech is another school. They feel more sec then Big Ten, mm-hmm. and then Clemson obviously feels more SEC than they would Big Ten. I, I think I think those are the options. I, I really I'd be surprised if Florida State made it in there. Uh, I, I just don't know they're going to go down the road with Florida. John's right; the world has changed. It's it's not 2013 anymore. Uh, I just don't know that they're going to go down that road and tell Florida, "Hey, you've got to let Florida State in our conference." Yeah, and John, I mean, this this does – it opens Pandora's box not only to those programs that may want to leave the ACC for the SEC, but it opens the door just in general to this shifting landscape again where if North Carolina and Clemson and Florida State all bolt, all right, let's just start from there. Mm-hmm. Maybe Virginia Tech and Virginia follow, and maybe Duke's off mm-hmm. as well. To the big, Before you know it, we've got an ACC that's – down to the remnants, really. It's down to eight or nine schools. It's it's good. It's you know it's going to have NC State as sort of the flag bearer at that point. Uh, Pitt, Louisville, uh, the old you know Big East programs that are now part of the ACC. Uh, Miami would still be one that would have to be talked about and where they land, but they feel Big Ten yep. as well. Um, and it, it starts to open the door to. What do we have beyond then just the SEC and the Big Ten? And everybody else is fighting for scraps. Well, look, at, at some point, you know, the the carousel stops, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it just does. Um, and especially, you know, if we are already at a point where, you know, the SEC and the Big Ten have sucked up so many of – I mean, we've completely done away with regions, right? We don't care about that anymore. So if you were talking about all these right. different properties – from California to Florida that are now in the, you know, Big Ten in this scenario. I mean, buddy, conference realignment, you know, the the musical the game of musical chairs will stop. Um, and I think the last sort of yeah. bit of that is, you know, and you know, I you know, I always, you know, think about the little guys, man. You know, because I'm in Memphis. But it's like, you know, right. whether, you know, we'll see. Everybody can't get in to the SEC in the Big Ten. Right. They're not just going to let everybody in because it's just like, I mean, basically Florida State is leaving or wanting to get out of the ACC because the ACC allowed SMU in. Okay, Mm -hmm. and that's not the only reason, but that's definitely the 
that was the, the the catalyst. That was like, this is the last straw. We're not sharing a freaking league with SMU. Okay, they're buying their way in. This is embarrassing for everybody involved. We're not doing it. So everybody's not yeah. going to get into this new SEC and this new new Big Ten. Um, and so what happens to those eight or nine or ten schools, you know, uh, that that don't and that can't? And I feel like whatever league that – whatever shape that takes is the last stop for conference realignment in terms of big boys, right? If you want to be taken seriously, if you think in your athletic department that you are a real player, that's going to be the last league you can get in um, before this all stops. And I don't know what it means for, you know, your Sun Belts and your CUSAs and, you know, your AACs. Who's not – who's left behind the AAC? I don't know. But this is the last stop for those schools like Memphis, Tulane – you know, the Mountain West will be interesting. Um, you know, I think this is this is the last one, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, Florida State, like I said, doing the dirty work for everybody else that maybe is looking to get out of the ACC and find their way in to one of those big daddy conferences. Let's talk conferences in just a minute, but first, let's talk about early takeaways from the college hoop season um, because – we're just about shutting the door now on non-conference play. Um, current AP top 50, just top five I'll throw at you. Purdue, Kansas, Houston, Arizona, UConn, Tennessee's at six, FAU at seven, and then Kentucky, UNC, and Marquette at eight, nine, ten. So I gave you the top ten instead of the top five. Anyway, um, is anything you're feeling really good about? Math is not my strong suit. Uh, anything you're feeling really good about through the first half of this college basketball season Anything you're not feeling so hot about. As an example, I'll say I'm still feeling really good about that UConn national title bet that I made about a month ago. Um, if they can get survive some injuries over the next few weeks, I think they'll still be in a good spot. Not feeling so good, for example, about the ACC, where my other uh, favorite team, Pitt, plays and where it just feels like that conference is going again through another middling season where – Nobody really wants to nobody wants to take charge in that conference. And even in the teams that seem ready to take charge, John, uh, aren't, aren't really the ones you want uh, leading your conference. Clemson I, that leaves a lot to be desired, in my opinion. Yeah, look, I, I just – I don't really know um, – I don't know who, if you pin me down today – I would I would say is the championship favorite. Um, maybe Kansas, uh, because UConn is just a, a very, very different team. Nowhere near as dominant when they don't have Donovan Klingon in the lineup. Um, mm-hmm. They lost to Seton Hall in their first game without him, and I don't think that's an accident. They're great when he's in there. So if he gets healthy over the next, you know, month or however long he's out, then they'll certainly be in the mix. But, you know, at his size, you know, and you're, you're talking about a foot injury here. I mean, how many bigs have we seen over, you know, over the course of time, whether it was Yao, whether it was, um, you know, Marcus Hall, whether it was Embiid, when you have these foot injuries with bigs, man, they can linger. They can be big problems, um, especially when you talk about, you know, seven footers here, seven two. So I, uh, I don't know if I like UConn without him. You know, Arizona's got the guard play. I know they really they lost a really tough one to FAU who I think is also a prime candidate to be back in the Final Four. Uh, nobody's talking about them because they're FAU, but they are, once again, legitimate, as everybody projected they would be before the season started. But I guess I would say today, you know, I would go I would go Kansas because I like their point guard, Dewan Harris, and obviously Hunter Dickinson coming in. And, you know, I just I, I trust their returners uh, at this point. Purdue, we know what happens. They shrivel up in March. It happens every time. And I think Houston – 
although they're undefeated, I just don't think they have – and I love Kelvin Sanders. I love the job he does. Every single year I think he's one of the best coaches that nobody talks about. But I just don't, don't think their style is necessarily conducive to winning a championship. Like they can defend better than anybody in America. But, man, they can bog down really quickly on offense. And it's hard for me to take a team like that that can't score – uh, in in the in the you know in a championship setting, you know, I just, yeah. I just don't and know I want to see how their right. I want to see how that style translates to the Big Twelve too. Like I, <laughs> I on on its face, I think it sh- to, to your point, John, it should translate well against the best Big Twelve teams. Um, but you know, to your point, when they go cold, they go cold. Like and. If if you're on the road in the Big 12 and you can't, you know, you spend eight minutes of the second half not being able to hit a bucket, um, then you're, you're not going to survive. Like it, this isn't nope. the, the, the AAC anymore where you can work through that that eight minute, you know, five, six, seven, eight minute second half slump, Choppy. No, it's not. It's it's, it's tough. You ha- you can't ha- you can't have those long prolonged slumps that a, a lot of college teams have. Uh, let's be fair. College basketball teams generally do, even the great ones, they'll have those stretches where their offense is just stagnant. You know, I I don't think there's a a a favorite right now. Um, we're still in that COVID era where you have like 24 year old players out there playing. <laughs> I think those are the teams you got to kind of look at. I mean, you're talking about men. You know, you're talking about 23, 24 year old men playing against blue-chip prospects. Now, talent, if you were asked, you want talent or experience, I'll take talent every day. But when the talent is being matched up by an actual man's body, and you you could see the difference. You could see the difference on the physicality and the ability to take a hit, uh, you know, the the fear to go in the lane. I think it's difficult. I think you got to look at older teams. You give me a team like FAU, like John brought up, an older basketball team, a team that's got experience. I'm going to take something like that. I, I I want those kind of teams. Yeah, that, that's that's a really good point too. And you look at some of these conferences and how they stack up at the top. Um, I, I mentioned Houston style and how it translates to the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve, in my opinion, I think I remember talking about this. I remember talking about this two years ago, Choppy, before we were even doing this show together. And the Big 12 is just this like elimination chamber where yeah. you, you, you're not – you're just, just find W's however you can find the W's because it's not going to be pretty. And it's going to – you're going to get dinged. You're going to get hit along the way. And But at the same time, that conference for me, top to bottom, stacks up as well, if not better, than any other major conference right now. Well, you mentioned the ACC earlier. The Big Mm -hmm. 12 has the same amount of teams in Ken Palm's top 22 that the ACC has the top 50. That's all you need to know. They got six. They have six in the top 22. That's a quarter of the top 22. It's just based off of the Big 12. This conference is a monster. And it doesn't matter if it's if it's if it's Houston or BYU, who's a good team, or Iowa State or Kansas or Oklahoma or Baylor. I mean, te- we haven't even gotten to Texas. We haven't talked about them. We haven't talked about TCU, who seems to have guys who are coming back for their nineteenth year uh, in Fort Worth. 
So it, 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 that conference is a is a nightmare to have to go through. John, handicap some conferences for me: Big Twelve, Big Ten, AAC. In your backyard, has two big, two really good teams at the top, and then there's the rest of the conference. Um, the ACC is kind of on the outside looking into this conversation, as well as maybe the uh, the Big East. Um, and then the SEC is always it. Again, strong at the top, but how many, you know, how deep do you get before you start to run into just the crap that is floating through that conference? Not very. Yeah, there's not a lot there. Um, You know, I think I would just have to say right now who I like the most and who I can probably trust the most is the Big 12. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because obviously, you know, I love, I know very well what Kelvin Sampson can do and, and, and saw it up close and personal here in Memphis for so many years. Lake Kansas is constructed. Um, I think they're going to be there until the end. You know, Oklahoma's overachieving this year. Um, obviously, you got BYU there at 11 1 and can put up, you know, 100 points on any given night. Uh, Baylor is still going to be a freaking tough out. In the, in the tournament, I know they had a tough one against Duke, but, you know, they're going to get better as the year goes on. There's no doubt about it. So I would say right now for me, I, I, I like the Big 12. I'm not really in on the Big East this year, you know. Um, <laughs> excuse me. It's always sort of the popular thing, like, oh, Big East. And they and they did win it last year, in fairness. But, uh, again, we talked about the Klingon injury. I think they're very different uh, yeah. without him. Marquette, like, are we really going to try to trust Chuck Smart in, in, in a tournament? No, I think they're very – again, lo- I love their guards. I love Kolick and I love Cam Jones, who's a Memphian, but I just don't trust them when they get into March. Um, and then Creighton, man, Creighton's falling off the face of the earth here. You know, they have – and I saw them in, in Vegas, and they really struggle with physicality. And I know they're probably going to tweak the lineup there and uh, move some things around and try to combat that, but I don't think that's something that you can just fix uh, on the fly. So, for me, I, I would I would say I trust – the Big 12 the most. I didn't think they were called Memphians. I figured they'd be Memphisites. Memphis. Memphisite. No, no. Somebody, <laughs> I was doing the, uh, I was doing the, uh, that MGM uh, Tonight Show with Rob Brown, and Rob Brown said Memphisians. And, uh, and I was <laughs> like, nah, close but no cigar. Uh, Memphians is the Memphians. correct term Memphians. there. All right. Yeah. That works. And we'll take your <laughs> word for it anyway. Hey, way back, way back in August, we picked some of our favorites for the college football playoff and national championship. We'll review that and do the same thing for hoops this time around. And we do that next. Plus our best bets alongside RJ Choppy and John Martin. I'm Chris Mack, and this is BetQLU. You've been listening to BetQLU, presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app. Let's get back to BetQLU, presented by BetMGM. Live coast-to-coast on the BetQL network every Friday night and Saturday morning. And, of course, you know you can get it as a podcast inside your Odyssey app anytime, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download it today. And Thursday nights we premiere on the Odyssey Sports YouTube channel as well. It is BetQLU alongside John Martin and RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack. Our best bets in just a couple of moments. And... um. 
Look, if you want any of our bowl plays, leans, anything, especially for the CFP semifinals, we got into it in great detail on our uh, bowl extravaganza, our double-sized bonus edition of BetQLU last week that we did. You can go download. You can even download the segment in particular where we talked about the CFP games if you want our takes on Texas, Washington, and Bama, Michigan, as well as any other bowl games that are left on the slate as well. I got one in mind, in fact, for my best bet, which we'll get to you, like I said, in just a couple of minutes. Uh, So at the beginning of the football season, we did a snake draft. We each took four teams that we thought would have a chance to win the national championship. Uh, We each have at least one team left. I still have Washington in the mix. RJ still has Texas in the mix. And John, how about this? He's guaranteed to have one of his teams in the national championship game as he took both Michigan and Alabama. Uh, So let's do it for hoops now this time around uh, and ignore the picks that didn't work out, like John taking Notre Dame, me taking North Carolina, RJ taking USC. Mm, Don't worry about it. It happens. Um, Mm. And let's go with college hoops this time around. And you know what? John, I'll let you have the first pick. How about that? I got the first pick when we did. That seems like a terrible decision for you guys, considering that I just absolutely uh, am dragging you guys across the field with the last one. Uh, You know know what? I more so so want the double pick at at three and four, which is why I'm doing it. It's not really any kind of altruistic reason. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I'll take Kansas. Give me Kansas at number one. All right. Choppy, you get to go second. Who do you want? Um, give me Purdue. All right, good call. And you guys Donation, both left my sure. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it is. I know. <laughs> uh, I mean, you uh, name football side <laughs> I believe, man. I believed. Uh, all right. Well, that leaves me UConn, which I'm very happy about, and it also leaves me Arizona, which I'm not quite as happy about, but I'll take it. So. Choppy, you got Purdue first. Uh, who else you on? Oh, God. Uh, Come on, Big 12, man. You got a couple to choose from. Yeah, go ahead. I'll take Houston. All right, there you go. John, you get two now. Yeah, uh, this is a big turn here, man. This oh. is a big turn here. I will take – I will take Florida Atlantic. Okay. And Memphis. Oh, Ooh. there it is. I will take the AAC Ooh. right as the AAC turn, baby. Are, I mean, do you do you plan that someday for the AAC, when it takes over the world, that maybe the, you'll like ascend to commissioner all the PR work you've done over the years? I feel like I am the damn commissioner, man. <laughs> you know, that's what I feel like. That's what I, I already kind of feel like I've accepted uh, that title, man, unofficially. So I, I just represent, man. There's some good programs outside the power structure. Not a lot, but there are a few. And I like to, you know, get on my soapbox form every now and then. I will say, watching Memphis, was it last week? We were texting about Memphis, and they 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 look really, really solid right now. Uh, and, and look, in that conference – and. Like you said, with with maybe just FAU as another title contender in that conference, it'll be uh, should be should help prepare them maybe with the softness uh, down the stretch headed towards March Madness. RJ, your third pick, you got Purdue and Houston. Let's go, Big Orange, Tennessee. 
Of course. I mean, as well. I don't. It's good value. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I'll give you that. All right. Um, somebody's got to take an ACC team, so I'll do it. Give me UNC. Um, and my final pick will be um, man. I really don't like anybody else in the Big East outside of UConn. Uh, you know what? I got to have a Big 12 representative, so I'll go Baylor since you guys already snapped up Kansas and Houston. RJ? Thank you. Uh, I will take – I'll take Kentucky. They're still available? Yeah, they're there. Yeah. Let's give, them, give Ka- me Kentucky. Cal appreciates it. Uh, John, you get the final pick to go with your Kansas FAU Memphis selections. All right, last pick here. Like, I, I feel like it probably needs to just be a flyer because there are some teams here in the top, top ten, top fifteen that I'm just not Zags? sold on. Zags, I they got they got dog walked by UConn. That was yeah. very disturbing to me watching that one. <laughs> um, I will I will take. Is Duke available? Yeah, yeah. You doing it? I'm gonna take Duke. I'll, I'll take wow. Duke. Yep. That is a flyer. All right, so John's got Kansas, FAU, Memphis, and Duke, which would be a hell of a Final Four if it somehow happened. Uh, RJ has got Purdue, Houston, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Likewise, would be a hell of a Final Four if it worked out that way. And I've got UConn, Arizona, UNC, and Baylor, which I feel like has – I don't think it has happened as a Final Four, but it feels like it should have been a Final Four at some point in the last 10 to 15 years and just hasn't happened for whatever reason. So those are our, uh, our final, well, not our final fours, but our, we each have four national championship selections that we've drafted that we'll check back in on periodically over the next 12 weeks as we race towards the bracket and everything else coming our way with college hoops. Uh, since we do have a minute, let's touch real quick um, and give the people just another taste of our final thoughts, I guess, on any New Year's Six games and or the CFP games. I know we told them to go download those bowl segments uh, from our bowl extravaganza, but again, since we have a couple minutes, John, any final thoughts on the CFP semis especially or any other New Year's Six games worth watching? Well, I just, you know, I was watching the, uh, I was watching the SMU and Boston College game, um, and, and it was in, in Fenway. And, yeah. you know, it just really – really struck me that this is what bowl season boys is all about. Two teams that are trying their hardest, two storied programs in SMU and Boston college <laughs> and in idyllic conditions, beautiful conditions yeah. Uh, yeah. on a field where football was meant to be played on a Wednesday yeah. at 10 a.m. <laughs> that's, that's what bowl season is all about. You're, you're right. It the was pomp, a, it the circumstance. Was a beautiful moment. Yeah. This is stupid. Okay. What, what, it is. I, you, know, you guys, Wednesday at 10 a.m., who, who, who is this for? I mean, are we trying to beat the prices right? Trying to get grandma away from prices right? It's, yeah. it's, it's for degenerates, people with really bad hangovers. Uh, in a lot of cases, there's a big overlap on that Venn diagram, by the way, between degenerates and people with really bad hangovers on a Wednesday at the end of December. Mm. And, and um, yeah, I, you know what? I was sitting there watching that game, too, and just thought to myself, what are we doing? Why, like, what are we doing? If you want to make these two teams play a game, hey, uh, uh, if you want to have – you can have as many bowl games as you want. Like, I, I literally do not care. 
sure. go, like, but but what are we doing at Fenway? Like, and, and there's giant puddles in the middle of the field, and nobody. There's 15 people in the stands, and they're all related to somebody on the field. Like nobody yep. really wants to be in those conditions. Like, and and like Zach makes a good point in the in the chat, um, producer Zach. You know. The Holiday Bowl was at Petco Park. At the very least, San Diego is freaking beautiful. Like, I'll gladly exactly. go play a bowl game on a baseball field in San Diego. Yeah. But, like, Fenway, Yankee Stadium, Choppy, what are we doing? Uh, look, we're making money. That's what we're doing. That's true. Uh, you know who was excited yeah. about going to Fenway? Rhett Lashley, the SMU coach. Because he, he got a scout, his future ACC foe, the Boston College <laughs> Eagles, the Eagles, the Matt Ryan the Mark Colombo, uh, the, the yeah, the, the those Boston College Eagles. How about that? There's, there's only two. There's only two, man. Goster <laughs> Trillius or whatever his name was, the old Colt. Listen, how about this one? Who is the title sponsor of the Pinstripe Bowl? Bad Boy Mowers. Who yeah. in the Bronx has a yard? <laughs> that, Good point. Nobody has yards right. in the Bronx. No, okay, it's a don't. concrete jungle. It's in this. It's in every song. Who has a yard in the Bronx? Do you think? Do you think Bad Boy laughed the people from the New York Yankees out of the room when somebody said, "Hey, we're from the New York Yankees and we play in the Bronx and we want you to sponsor our bowl game." Yet there's not a stitch of grass out here. What are we <laughs> yep. doing? Hey, you're exactly right. right. It is all circus. Raw, raw college football bowl season. Doesn't mean we won't bet on them sometimes, too. Uh, speaking right. of, our, our best bets for this week. Uh, Choppy, would you like to get us started? What do you have for us? Any pizza money parlays included? Uh, no, no pizza money parlays. I do have a weird one for you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give John okay. a little tip here because I told him, listen to me when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. I know what the hell I'm talking about. Cowboys-Lions over 52 and a half this weekend. Oh, that's a Zach good call. Prescott. And the Cowboys have scored 40 points at home in 50% of the games over the last four years. That's about a 28-home uh, game stretch uh, that he has played it. And finally, I'll take this one for college. Georgia minus four and a half in the third quarter. That's a third-quarter <laughs> number. Georgia, what? Georgia what? minus four and a half in the third quarter of their game against Florida State. I'm not even going to ask. John, what do you got? <laughs> I mean, the only thing I, that I have right now, these these numbers have just moved. So, I mean, I'll, I'll yeah. say what I have. But, you know, I would not I would not advocate you going to make these plays today because, again, numbers are very different. But I've got Kentucky plus seven, and then I've got Ohio State plus two and a half. Uh, Kentucky's now down to four against Clemson, which honestly I think is fine. If you really are just looking for some action, I would say that's still fine for me. Like I think Kentucky yeah. wins outright, but Ohio State at minus three and a half. Um, I would not, I would not say that is close to the same bet that I made at plus two and a half, but, but that's what I've got, uh, pending for these bowl games. And then we'll see if I end up getting, you know, involved on, on New Year's day on Bama, Michigan and, and Texas, Washington, but that's what I've got so far. I will say this, and this is my – I liked this a couple weeks ago. I've liked them for a while. I'm back on their bandwagon. Washington is now down to plus 150 on the money line against Texas in the Sugar Bowl. Hopefully, if you, like me, liked Washington, 
you got it when it opened at 175 or when it was somewhere in the 170, 165 range. But again, all the way down to 150 now. I still like Washington on the money line to beat Texas in the Sugar Bowl. So I'll give you that one. Get it before it drops any lower uh, if you're on the money line and the spread's still sitting at four. Of course, next week we will have the results of those games to talk about and a college football national championship to handicap as well as a start to the conference slate around college basketball as well. Thanks so much again for joining us. Thanks to producer Zach for lining us up and keeping us well, somewhat on the rails. Thanks to John Martin. Thanks to RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack. Thanks to all of you watching on the Odyssey Sports YouTube channel and listening for free inside your Odyssey app to BetQLU. You've been listening to BetQLU, presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app.